everybody. Hello, hello, hello. We're uh, everybody. Hopefully, you you had a good Memorial Day and remembered exactly what Memorial Day is about. And it is not about shopping, and it is not about uh, saying Happy Memorial Day to people. It is about remembering those who served our country and did not come home. And as always, you can listen to us live at gfbestsource.com. You can um, click on uh, the Twitch link in the upper left corner and you can chat with us. And of course, as always, we're on Rumble and you can catch up with us later if you can't manage to catch us live. And uh, I'm going to add this little disclaimer that all opinions are the hosts and the guests and not the advertisers, even though they should be. And that our advertisers, whatever program they're on for Grand Fork's Best Source, are with us because they support the right for us to have free speech. Now, we've got Dale Burke coming into the studios today. But he's running a little late, so I'm tap dancing as fast as I can. But the one thing that I want to let you guys know is that before we get going and we get into the nitty-gritty regarding Convention of States, we are going to do a music fest giveaway courtesy of Grand Fork's Best Source. Take it away. The Midsummer Rock Music Fest is happening July 20th through July 22nd in Monaga, Minnesota. There's 14 hit rock music acts playing over three days like Power Man 5000, Saliva, Theory of a Dead Man, and more. General admission, in addition to having on-site camping, will be available for RVs and tents. Now, if you'd like to win passes, all you've got to do is go over to gfbestsource.com, hit the Contact Us link at the top of the uh, message, and then state, I want those tickets. We will randomly choose a winner. If you want to find out more information about the Midsummer Rock Music Fest and how to buy additional tickets, scan the on-screen QR code, check out their Facebook page or their website at MidsummerMusicFest.com. Midsummer Rock Music Fest in Monaga, Minnesota. Your chance to win is coming up on Grand Fork's Best Source. Okay. Well, while we're waiting for Dale, I thought I could take this time to bring up some things that I found very entertaining over the Memorial Day weekend because I never stop uh, researching. And some things you need to know is you need to be able to watch Europe because what happens in Europe is what's going to be happening soon in the United States now. Uh, we've seen that happen in, in smaller ways for decades, but I want you to realize that everybody's really amping up. And they are looking at, uh, we're looking at Ireland right now, and they are considering killing 200,000 cows. Why? To fight climate change. And they stated that the cows would have to be called at a cost of 600,000 pounds to taxpayers over the next three years to meet climate emissions. What I want you to understand, people, is that this climate change is nothing more than a glorified tax and a way to restrict and to control the people. And they're, they're, this, is, this is genius. I have to tell you that this is absolute genius because what they're doing is they're gradually taking away the freedoms from everybody who's on the planet and they're getting us to pay for it. I mean, seriously, can you imagine a better plan than that? And so they're going to be charging these people over 600 pounds, and a pound is worth more than a dollar still, by by the way, just so you know. And then over the next three years, they're going to be reducing not just the milk and cheese supply, but obviously some of the food supply here. And this is the way that they're going to be looking to control you. And I want you to understand the finesse that is going down in our political 
world here today. They are going to be slowly, because of the green emissions, the gas house emissions, CO2 and everything else, going to be taking away more and more of your freedom, your ability to drive. In uh, Great Britain, again, remember how I told you to watch Europe, Great Britain actually has uh, what they call low-traffic neighborhoods. And what they do in these low-traffic neighborhoods is they do not offer the ability for you to be a motorist. You have to uh, walk, use bicycles, or anything else that does not, in their estimation, provide emissions. And currently they, they, they pulled these people, and a survey of 2,111 people, uh, 57% said parliament councils and mayors should not be setting rules that make car owners drive less. Similarly, 51% politicians are making life too difficult for motorists and are opposing measures such as these low-traffic Neighborhoods. Literally, you can go in entire sections of Great Britain now, and you will not see a car. In fact, they're designed, there's barricades and everything set up. You cannot take a car in them. And the people are, are, quite frankly, getting fed up. They're, they're asking that these measures should be being rolled back. But what's happening in Europe is they're actually pushing forward. And more than uh, four out of ten people, or 42%, opposed the... Um, low emission zones. Only 17 to 18% are statistically are supporting them. But nobody in parliament or any place else is willing to push these backwards. Now, I've got to ask the question, because when we take a look at North Dakota, and even in Minnesota, where things are even crazier, uh, when we look at North Dakota, we have this CO2 pipeline, which they're pushing down people's throats. And these things aren't just a fabrication of someone's imagination. They are going through and using eminent domain to get access to people's private property. Remember the phrase, you will own nothing and you will be happy. This is where we're heading. And it's, it's getting downright scary. If you do not know or if you are not aware, July 1st is going to bring about the federal government having the ability to monitor every single credit card purchase that you make. So whether you you pay your dentist, whether you, you pay Walmart, whether you purchase groceries or a gun, the federal government is going to have a record of everything that you do with a credit card. Now, you may be sitting there saying, well, that's fine. I'll just start using cash. Well, the problem with that is, again, look to Europe. What's happened in Europe is there's been a bunch of countries there that have made it against the law. I want to repeat that. Against the law to spend more than 1,000 euros in cash. And this is not just a fine. You can literally be thrown in jail as well as fined. Dale's here. And so what I want you to understand, people, is you need to start watching Europe. You need to start paying attention because what they're doing is they're instituting the digital dollar over there, and they're going to make it impossible for you to spend your money. Now, you may say, well, that's not a problem, Kit. I don't spend more. <laughs> My God, you know, I'm going to spend $1,000 in cash. Well, here's the problem. In Europe, they are working to get that limit lowered to 100 to $300. So in other words, if you want to spend $400 in cash, 
again, you're going to run the possibility of being sent to jail. Their goal here is to completely eliminate cash and go completely to a digital dollar or credit cards, which means they are going to not only have their eye on everything you purchase, eventually, as in China, they're going to be able to tell you what you can and cannot purchase. And we have deals in the building. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. You, that's okay. That's all right. And, and Dale's going to kind of be working in with some of the things that I've been talking about while he was working so hard to get here. Because Dale, as before, is our representa- representator. I can't even talk. Thank you. Thank you. Losing all, losing all ability to speak here. Um, is our representative for the Convention of States in North Dakota. And um, I, 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 want to, I, I just need to tell you that um, I, I'm at the breaking point with a lot of the stuff that's happened even just within the last few weeks here. And, Dale, I'm beginning to think that this, this may be our last chance before the inevitable that I know I don't want to think about. Because the stuff that they're cramming down our throat now with the digital dollar, the surveillance, the... Well, the tyranny. Yeah, it, it's, it's hell. So uh, I know that there's a lot of people that weren't for Convention of States that are suddenly realizing that this may be the Hail Mary Pass before the crap hits the fan. So do me a favor, please. And I, because I know you mentioned that you didn't support it either, and, and neither did I at first. Tell me why you didn't support it then and why you do now. Well, initially I didn't support it because I didn't know I just didn't know. I didn't have the facts. I didn't have the information. I just thought it sounded like another, you know, something that people are going to, you know. I just, I just thought it was just another pipe dream. And then I started looking into it. And then I started realizing the basis for it is founded in our Constitution by our founding fathers, who were very brilliant men. You know, I mean, they've been maligned and everything, you know, because some of them were slaveholders. That's like, that's like somebody 200 years from now, that's like somebody 200 years from now looking at us and going, oh, they were evil people. They owned their own homes. They drove vehicles that used fossil fuels. Well, everybody is, you know, um, you know, maybe at 200 years, no one's going to own their own home. Maybe it's going to be a renter society the way things are going if we don't stop it. But yes, um, the reason I support it now is basically I researched it. I started getting... um, more aware of the facts surrounding it and not listening to the fear tactics of the people that are detracting from it. Because basically everything they're saying, the people that detract from Convention of States, has been addressed on our website. If you hear an objection to Convention of States, you can pretty much go to our website and find the rebuttal to that. And, you know, what I started finding is those rebuttals were solid. They were based in fact. They were based in reality. And so I started realizing, okay. And then I started, I was always a big fan of Mark Levin. You know, I've, yes. I've always been kind of a, a constitutional uh, scholar well, in my own right. And you know. I, I, I phone messaged you last week going, there's a guy from Convention of the States yeah. on Mark Levin, you know. And yeah. Mark Levin doesn't take any prisoners. I mean, he, he you big no. dummy. I mean, he's straight he's, up, he, he's straight up and, and, and just in your face. And so I really wanted to hear what he said. And he's another person that said... I did not originally support Convention of States, Must and now and now I do, and now I do. So, I mean, if you can change Mark Levin, yeah, yeah, and Mark Levin was actually writing the book, uh, the Liberty Amendments, at the same time that our founders, uh, Mark Meckler and uh, Mike uh, Ferrant. Uh, anyway, 
the people that started Convention of States Project, mm-hmm. the Convention of States Action uh, uh, Charity, or uh, uh, 501C3. C3. Yeah. They were both doing this at the same time without realizing that each other was doing it, which is kind of a weird thing. And I think both of them, initially, I think Mark Levin thought that they were trying to kind of maybe piggyback on his fame a little bit or something. Then he realized that they had no concept of what he was up, that he was writing this book, and they had no idea that he was releasing the book. It was just providence. And I think both sides realized at that point that maybe, you know, maybe there was a divine you know, intervention here a little bit for the two things to come together at exactly the time it was needed. Well, I know that uh, Convention of States, if it suffers from anything, suffers from um, not being visible. Well, uh, we're fixing that. Yeah, and you guys are. <laughs> but, but because, like, I talk to people about Conventions of States, uh, you know. They don't know. They don't know what it is. It, it blank. And, and so when, when I heard it on Mark Levin, because he's got an audience and things, and, and I knew he would be willing to ask the tough questions, which is, is you know, you should be able to put up with that. And I'm going to, I know you just got here, but we're, okay. we're, we're ready for executive properties. If you're ready there. I know. <laughs> this is going to be a fun day. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Diane says Executive Properties did a roof project and remodeled a bathroom in our house. We were happy with their quality of work, and the projects were completed in a timely manner. We will use Executive Properties for our next home project. Get that project done sooner than later. Call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. Okay, we are back. Yeah, you know, Convention of States uh, has got, like I said, the one problem is the, the advertising. And, and because people, when you, when you first broach it to them, their first, their first fear is, was my first fear, which is it's going to just be infiltrated by people from the swamp who are going to be the delegates and we're going to be no better off than we are. So let's start by addressing that fear because that's the one I do hear the most. Okay, well, a lot has happened since the last time you and I sat down. Good, but, tell me about it. But Well, we'll get to that. But okay. to answer your question, um, you know, we've got, again, this is an objection that's really well, you know, addressed on our website at conventionofstates.com. But... We've got a long, long history of convention, you know, rules and how things go and how things are done. But the bottom line is this. If the delegates from a state go to convention and start doing things they weren't sent there to do, they can be instantly recalled. They, and the people, that's why this grassroots army that Convention of States Action is building is so important. Because if we have the people a group of people that are linked, you know, Common ideologically mind. linked. And, and not only that, but, you know, be, uh, I have a quick reaction force. You know, in the military, we have quick reaction forces to absolutely you know, go and deal with things on a quick basis. Well, we have the same situation here where, you know, like we just got done fighting another rescission effort in the last, you know, session we had here in North Dakota. We, 
it just suddenly came up in committee, and we ex- had expl- to respond. Ex- ex- explain to people what, what, what you're talking about, because not everybody... I know what happened, okay. but not everybody does. What, well, what occurred? What, what, what has happened in all but one of the sessions... We have a session every two years in North Dakota, and what's happened in every single session, except for one, since, we, since North Dakota became the 10th state to pass the resolution, is we've had outside sources come together and try to convince our legislators they made a mistake and that they need to rescind that. And this was actually quite a hard push, this legislature. This so one, you must have them worried. This one, well, yeah, we have them worried. The, the, the more states we get to sign on, the more worried they get. And Kansas just became technically the 20th state to ratify, but then they, they're trying to do some hocus-pocus where a simple majority isn't enough and all that. And Imagine it's going to be in litigation. I mean, it is in litigation from what I understand right now. And, uh, but they basically passed our resolution in Kansas through both houses of the Congress, state Congress. So <clears throat> we've technically got 20 states, and, and we're, we're through the House in several other states, just working on the Senate. So we're, we're actually on track to maybe hit as many as 24, 25, you know, relatively soon here. We need 34 states to call the convention. And, of course, anything that comes out of convention is nothing more than a suggestion until 38 states, both houses of Congress and 38 states, which means, you know, a lot of different a lot of bodies people. have to agree that it's a, something we need to ratify it. So the the idea that you know these del- we're, the things going to get taken over by outside forces and it's going to run away and do things we don't want it to do it's going to try to get rid of the Second Amendment. First of all, you tell me, you know, you only need thirteen states to derail anything, and and not even not even thirteen states, just one body of the state, you know, of the state basically to, to say no, and you've derailed it because you can't get your thirty eight states to ratify. So if you can't get 13 of these 50 states to say, nah, we kind of want to keep the Second Amendment, yeah, you've got a problem. But I don't see that as a problem because I can think of 20 states off the top of my head that would never see that happen. Well, that's partially why I think our our legislature in North Dakota has been trying so hard to get the Convention of States removed because well, it, I think they're scared. It's I really not do. Them. It's not them so much as trying to get it removed. It's outside entities that are influencing. And one thing I learned in this last rescission effort above and beyond all is that we have a whole lot of people up there in Bismarck in that Senate and in the house that are just really misinformed. They really don't understand the, the, the situation. They don't understand the concept. They don't understand the, the problem. They're just listening to outside forces. Interesting thing, though, they're the ones that seem to be giving the sound bites. Well, they are, but, you know, like, for example, I'll give you an example. The individual senator who, who led this, this uh, last rescission effort got up at the, you know, before the vote, and he gave his little spiel, and 90% of what he said was absolutely factually incorrect, you know? And I was sitting there listening to him thinking, this guy's either willfully misleading people or he's really misinformed one or the other so we have a big job to do here in north dakota with convention of states and with our group of people and we got to work on educating these these senators and these representatives and making sure that they know what you know what the facts are and what the truth is of this whole thing because if they're voting based on misinformation and disinformation, then we're in big trouble. And, you know, what this, this recession effort was a little bit tougher because what they were able to do is convince these 
you know, representatives, these people's representatives that, well, when you voted on this thing, you didn't really know what you were voting for, you know? So they scared them and made them think that they made a mistake and that they rushed to something when they, when they instinctively knew it was a good thing, when they, you know, when they saw it and they, you know, hashed it out for us to become the 10th state, they, you know, they instinctively knew that this is something that parliamentary, I don't know how to say it, but you know, structurally, this is the way to do this. And, and the reason the Founding Fathers gave us this option was because they had just fought a bloody revolution. And they realized that if they gave all the power to Congress for Congress to police itself, which is what was going <laughs> on before Colonel Mason stood up and said, hey, wait a minute, guys, we've got a problem here, and decided to give the states the same power as the, as the Congress... And here's another thing. People think, well, yeah, but they always meant for Congress to be the, the important one, the, the one that was used, and then this was just a... No, they never gave any pref preference for which way it was done. In fact, I think they kind of thought the states would lead the way and do most of the changes to our Constitution. Well, I have a question for you, because if our legislators can be that easily swayed and can, can be, be, be convinced that maybe they made a mistake supporting it. What's to stop the average Joe, who, quite frankly, probably lives and dies by a soundbite, from thinking that the Convention of States is nothing but hooey? Again, it's us, it's people like me, and Lynn Marr, who is the other regional captain. See, since we last talked, I'm not a district captain any longer. I'm a regional captain, and we've split North Dakota into two pieces. I've got the eastern piece, and Lynn Marr out of Bismarck has the western piece. And so I, I've got a little over half the voting districts in the state in my region, and she's got the rest because of the, you know, the western part of the state is a lot more yes. expansive. So, yes. so we kind of decided to split it up that way. And, uh, you know, we've kind of come together and we had a strategy where we're going to work together to try to really educate people. We just had a meeting in Minot on the 20th of May. We got together and the two of us were up there and, you know, we... we had a we had a venue and we had a meeting and we invited people in and we got you know a couple more people willing to jump on and take on roles but i think the biggest thing that you do is you bring awareness to the convention of states action mission you get people educated in what this is about and why they should support it and then you invite them to come to conventionofstates.com and get the facts by looking at our frequently asked questions section, by looking at our four public videos that we have out there. And if you aren't intrigued at that point to go further and maybe sign our petition and volunteer as a volunteer activist, which, which gets you access to our Convention of States University, which is a plethora of other videos which educate you on the Constitution, on why Article 5 you know, is going to work the way it, you know, we think it's going to work, not the way they think it will just, you know, fall apart. There's just a lot of really top-notch information there by people that, and we've got a lot of people that have been in, like Rick Santorum. Mm -hmm. he's, a, he's a, you know, he was a congressman. He ran for president. He's been in the political scheme for 30 years. He was, a, just like me originally, he was very skeptical of convention states. And then, I don't know if it was Michael Ferris or if it was... Uh, Mark Meckler, or who it was that convinced him to look. I think it was Mark Meckler that convinced him to take a harder look. And when he did, just like people like me, once you start looking into it and getting the information and understanding it, you just get an intrinsic, wow, yeah, this is true, this is real, and this is right.
Well, I'm going to ask you a question because mm-hmm. I've been talking to people about Convention of States, and some of them have brought up uh, something that I believe, I don't know for sure, but I believe is Soros-backed. It's called Common Cause. Common Cause is and a something Soros-backed. Like that. It yeah. is Soros-backed. Yeah. Okay. And, and they've been led to believe that this is the panacea, that we should be ignoring the, the Convention of States and going with Common Cause. Can you tell me what the difference is between the two and why, obviously besides well, the Soros-backed problem, but well, what's the going on? Again, all I can say is this. This is also addressed on our website okay. a lot better than I can do it by people a lot more you know, knowledgeable in, le- in the legal stuff. But basically what I can put it, put it to you is this way. Common cause, in my opinion, is nothing more than a look squirrel. <laughs> you know, that's, that's kind of what it is. It, 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 it's not based in, I don't believe, re- reality or factual information. You know, we've been we've been in this fear mongered, you know, government, watch out people, the world's gonna end in ten years. I mean, we've been hearing that our whole lives. You and I have been on this yep. planet for six decades, you know, and uh we've we've heard it over and over and over. By now we're supposed to be uh, and I'll go in order of uh, progression. We're supposed oh. to be under twenty feet of ice. The oceans uh, are supposed. Oh, they were supposed to have melted, weren't they? And the well, oceans no, that, are going to rise is, twenty-five no. feet. First, oh, first yeah. it was the first it was the ice. <laughs> exactly. Then that's then, my point. Yeah, and then it <laughs> then then they decided that wasn't happening. So then we decided we're going to have the the, the the coastal will no longer be yeah. coastal. And you, the ozone layer. Yeah. Don't forget the ozone yeah, yeah, layer okay, was going to yeah, completely. Yeah, you know, there's yeah, going to be a big hole in the ozone layer. We were all going to cook yeah. because we we're going to lose our atmosphere through a big hole in the ozone. I layer. just, I just. But I you mean, know, you know what? The one thing here's the one constant of all of those scares you know what it, what it is we got we're all gonna taxes. die we got yeah every time we're all gonna die yep we get higher taxes yes. more government control and a few wealthy elites get a whole lot wealthier yes that's what happens every time we're all gonna die you know to to which i would have to say besides you know you and i are just two little old farts yeah. <laughs> sitting out there in the middle of north dakota going Hmm. And we see this. Why the hell is everybody so blunt? Why why are they so resistant to something like the, the Convention of States? Because, because they're I mean, what fed. could it hurt? Okay. Yeah, do you, have you ever noticed that on social media there's a for you? They're feeding you stuff yes. that they think you want to see? Well, that's what it's all about. They, people don't see this information because it's being hidden from the average person that doesn't go looking for it. That's my job. My job is to get out here and get people looking for it and looking for it in the right place so that they can get the rightful information, the true information, the correct information. And hopefully, see, we've got an entire entity of people in this country that were robbed. They were robbed terribly. From 1981 on, we have not taught government or the Constitution in our high schools. You know, we have, sadly, yes, sadly, we have just robbed these people of their understanding of their own place in in the republic, in the government. And that's why the left is so fond of saying our democracy, our democracy, our, well, we don't have a democracy and we've never had a democracy. And you know, the sad thing is most people don't know the difference between a democracy and a republic. And the difference is a democracy is basically mob rule. Mob rule. And a republic it's and, a representative government. And federalism, which is the kind of government we always had up until they started changing it and, yeah. and destroying it, is basically a government for people who don't like each other very much, to be able to get along and meet common goals and then be left alone to do the stuff they don't agree on their own way. And that's what we've gotten away from. We've gotten to this point where 
if you don't do it the way a certain faction in this country says it should be done, you're canceled, you're done, you're over. And, you know, the latest thing is this new credit card thing, this this global currency thing that they're trying this to push. This is bad. This is bad. And you know what? They're trying to push it like it's the new freedom to these young kids, and it's and it's – it won't let you spend past your carbon footprint. It won't let you destroy the earth. And they're selling this environment, save the environment, save the world crap to try to shove this down people's throats. And all it is is a way to control you to be able to shut off your ability to buy food, shut off your ability to you know, supply yourself with anything. They want to be able to say, you toe the line or we're shutting you off. I'm going to get right back to that, but first thing we're going to do right now is we are going to Churchill Shoes. Churchill Shoes has moved. One of the largest SAS dealers in the Upper Midwest is now in the Grand Cities Mall and ready to find you a pair of shoes that you will love. At Churchill Shoes, they measure both feet to make sure you're getting the proper fit. They carry men's and women's styles and offer free special orders when shoes aren't in stock and free in-town delivery. Churchill Shoes has operated in Grand Forks for over 65 years and over 75 years of shoe fitting experience on their staff and can cater to all of your footwear needs. Open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 and Saturday from 9 to 3. Call 701-772-8256 or online at churchillshoesnd.com. Next time you're in need of footwear, give us a try. Your feet will be glad you did. Churchill Shoes in the Grand City Mall. Just down the road from here. In fact, I can, I'm, <laughs> I, can, I can sit here looking out the window, and there they are. So it's a perfect location. <laughs> but, but, you know, it, it's, it, it's kind of it's dis, it's dismaying to me the fact that, um, obviously, if, if George Soros is in trying to, and this is my opinion, trying to uh, stir the pot for the other side, even though he's trying to make everybody think that he's on our side, which he's never been, that, that you've got something valuable here that could possibly work. And the fact that uh, you mentioned the digital dollar and stuff that's coming, because starting July 1st, as I said earlier in the program before you arrived, the, the government's going to know everything we put on our charge card. Mm-hmm. And the next step, of course, is going to be to get rid of cash. And I see on television all the time where they're advertising getting your little kid your grade school kid a credit card so they can mm-hmm. learn the value of money. They're not learning the no. value of money because money requires you to have money. I used to tell my students this. You really want to control your spending. Don't use your credit card. Mm-hmm. Put money in your hand and have to hand it over to physically $1, to, $2, 3 I mean, because, because that physically hurts. And then when you go to earn that money, when it comes to you, it's, oh, oh, wow. I had to work that hard for that. Well, yep. then when it's going away... You're a lot more reluctant to, you know, to let it go away. Well, and with with credit cards, what they do is, I found this out as a youngster too. Once you hit your limit, what do they do? They do they the raise same your thing. Limit. The same thing the government does. They raise the debt ceiling. Because especially if you're just making minimum payments and paying them interest and not paying that principal down, they love you because they're getting rich off you and you're not paying down the principal at all. Right? Which leads me to go, why is the push to keep the debt ceiling going? Who's making money off that interest? And I have to believe it's our politicians oh, yeah. because. 
because this is why they're pushing, don't, no, we don't want the debt control. And I know that that is one of the things that Convention of States, they said there were two things they wanted to be on. Three. Three? Okay, I got got two, so I'm going to see if I got these right. One is the debt limit. Or That's the budget. The, the, the fiscal responsibility is what we call it. Okay. Yeah, of, of taxation and spending. Okay. The other one was uh, term limits. Yep, term limits. And what's uh, not, a, not just Congress, but on the judiciary, on all the government-appointed bureaucrats, Ooh. all those people that, you know, it, it's... Supreme you know, Court? They call it the B-team yeah. because they be there before the politician. And they, they be, be there, there after. after the politician. And they, and they okay. be there to control to c- the continuation of government goes on no matter who gets elected. And that's the problem we have with elections right now is the people running the show are not the people we elect. They're the bureaucrats They're the that bureaucrats sit in the little cubbies. They're the bureaucrats that get cubbies. appointed. Yeah. And so we need term limits there, too. We need people that serve in those positions and then go back to the main sector and, and live under the crap that they throw down on everybody else. What's the third one? The third one is reduction of the size of the federal government, which is the federal government initially had 17 enumerated powers. Now it's like 18 enumerated powers that, you know, that they have a legitimate purpose for doing. Okay. It does not include the Department of Education. It does not include the, you know, the uh, EPA. It does not include all these other regulatory agencies that, that we have. Those are all entities of the state. They, each state should be controlling its own environmental protection because the state knows its own environmental situation much better than some bureaucrat up in Washington, D.C. You know, now, yes, there are ups and downs to all factors, there's, you know, there's advantages and disadvantages. But right now I would say this, that the federal government being in charge and big bureaucracies being in charge of things at the state level has a lot more negatives to it than positives. The states being in charge have a lot more positive. Well, I, th- I think also there's a lot more that we can do at the grassroots level if something happens in the state that we don't like. We have a lot more voice than we do if it, if it happens at the federal level. Mm-hmm. They just look at you and laugh because of that bureaucracy problem. All government is local because that's where it all springs from. And that's, what, that's why we're in so much trouble is that we, we've got a generation, even our generation, even though we had constitution, even though we had government in high school, you know, it was nobody wanted to. Yeah, politics, civics, oh, politics. Civics. Uh, it's I so hate boring. that class. I hate that class. <laughs> if it wasn't required for graduation, I wouldn't even be taking that class. You know, nobody liked it. Nobody wanted it. But you know, we learned valuable things in there that we didn't know. You know, it's like when you're sitting in math class doing calculus. They, you, you'll use this later in life. Uh, no, you won't. But you know, you will learn. Uh, uh, you will use learning about the Constitution. You will. Use learning about your government and your place in self-government, because that's what this is. This whole country has all been about for 247 years. It's been about self-governance and no governance that didn't come from the people saying yes. This is something we want. In fact, if they are teaching anything right now, unfortunately, in school at all levels, from from grade school through through college, is the government is here to protect you. The government will take care of everything mm-hmm. for you, and the government is the one that you need to go to when you have trouble. They're not teaching anything about self reliance. They're not teaching anything about freedoms. Yeah, just ask the American Indians how that works out. Well, th- 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 that's my point. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my point is, if you really want to see that in action, don't go to the casino no. on the res. Go to the res. Go to the res. Go to where the people live. You know, and, you know, it's gotten better because they're sharing in the wealth of the casino. So, they're, you know, it has gotten better on the reservations as far as what it was in the 70s and 80s. But 
you know, the bottom line is, is that, again, it, they, their society was stripped. They were put on the government dole, dole whatever yeah. you want to call it. Uh, and uh, they learned to be subservient members of a, you know, uh, kept, beaten society. Kept race. A beaten society, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, yeah, it was a war. They lost the war. You know, but then they agreed to assimilate. They agreed to become part of this nation. It shouldn't have been a here, you go over here on this crappy piece of land and you just live over there. It should have been integration. It should have been, okay, now you're an American, you integrate. Just like these illegals coming across the border that none of them really are interested in integrating. Yeah. They just want to come over here, take advantage of the wealth of the nation, you know, work, make money. You know, they don't, they don't have any real interest in becoming an American, and that's the problem. You know, immigration is supposed to be about people coming here who want to become an American, and they want to live the American dream. America is not just a job. No. And, and or an economy or, or a... a handout. Yeah, a handout or, or, or a welfare system. But, but you see, in, in my opinion, the, until they destroyed the United States... They can't continue on with the plan because... We're the last thing yes. standing in the way of the global... Con- collapse. Well, the global takeover yeah. is what it is. The global economy, the global, you know, politico, the global everything. And that's what these rich elites really, I think, are, are really working for. They, they actually believe, a lot of them believe that they are divine. Yes. That well, they you know, have been money, money buys everything. They have been anointed by God, by their wealth, to be the controllers and rulers of the, of the earth. I, I, they haven't been anointed by God. They think they, that, they think are they God. They think they are. Well, they, they some of them do. Some God. of them even think they are God. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I mean, take a look at Billy Gates. If that boy don't have a, have a Christ complex, I don't know who does. Uh, I don't know. But, but all I know is that, you know, it's never been a thing. We've never had to worry about rich people like we do now controlling our our lives well, like we do now. We're going right back to what I what we used to have when everybody lived under the corporation and that's what's happening. They're getting rid of all the small businesses, they're getting rid of all the family farms. Well yeah, we've watched that our whole lives. Yes. Capitalism capitalism died in the seventies when the whole corporatism yes. when everything was about the monthly profit increase. That was the model for all corporations was you have to have a monthly profit increase. And if you don't have that profit increase, guess what? Somebody's going to come in and do a hostile takeover of your company. And they're going to run the, the profit increase model. And that's where we lost control of everything. Well, and another place I think we lost control of everything is when we allowed them to put something in front of American. Hispanic American. Oh, yeah. Black American. Gay America. I mean, pick whatever. whatever the word is that's in front should never be there. It was a way to just divide us up into equal parts of the pie or an unequal parts of the pie. Or it just, you know, okay, well, yeah, hey, look how big of the piece of the pie is for this group of Americans. And look at, no, everybody's an American. We all share in one common thing. We live in the greatest experiment that's ever, governmental experiment that's ever been done. It's been successful. And we've lost sight of the three things that made this country great. First, that it was founded on Judeo-Christian principles, that we gave God the glory, and we lived in a way, or tried to live in a way that, that was, was good, good for good. everybody. Yeah, that was righteous and good. Yes. 
not suppressive and evil. That was the first thing. And, and, and we've, we've gotten away from that because, you know, these young kids nowadays, I mean, the satanic crap that they're into and, and the lack of, a, of any kind of... Look at Target, the satanic crap yeah, that they're pushing. Well, anyway, it all comes back to that's why we need to do this Article 5 convention and get the states together. And I don't care who the delegates are. They're going really? there. No, I don't care who the delegates are as long as they're intelligent people and they have their mandate and they understand what they're going there to do. And that that's the first thing. The second thing is that we can watch because this is going to be this is going to be like the Super Bowl, the uh you know the the what's the soccer thing? Every, oh, I have no yeah. idea. And, I know and, what you, you know, mean. And 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 the, and the major league baseball, Stanley Cup, know, and the Stanley Cup all rolled into one. And it, I think this thing needs to be fully, t- you know, either televised or streamed or whatever, so that the whole nation can watch it go down every day. We can watch just like on C-SPAN. We watch, you know, Congress do their thing. This convention needs to be, you know, done in the open and. If the state's delegates are trying to do things they shouldn't be doing, then that state, the people of that state need to demand a recall of those delegates and, and a replacement. And I think most states are looking at a system where they have, they have well, they're called commissioners, actually, legally or rightfully. They're called commissioners, okay. not delegates, but they serve the same function as a delegate. But you have your delegates and then you have alternates, just like anything else. Where if you have to pull somebody or somebody gets sick or somebody has to, you know, bow out for whatever reason, you got somebody that can go in, knows what's going on. And kind of like when you have extra jurors, you know, on a jury in case one of the 12 has to leave. It's, it's kind of like that, where if we have delegates that start playing games and doing things other than these three things, which is term limits and broad spectrum term limits, like I said, mm-hmm. is, is what this is about. Um, the fiscal responsibility thing, which is not only curbing spending and getting a balanced budget, but doing so without crushing taxes. And if, if you've ever, if, if you haven't read Mark Levin's Liberty Amendments, the book, The Liberty Amendments, it's it's just I think it's it's mandatory reading at this point. And he's he's put together some proposals, and one of the proposals he has in there is that. You know, they have to reduce the, de- the deficit and they have to get back to a balanced budget over a reasonable amount of time, but that it's all tied to GDP. And I think it's 15.7% is what he came up with of GDP. They can't spend more than that in any fiscal thing unless two-thirds of both houses of the Congress agree that, it needs to, that more needs to be spent. And that's there in case we go to war, you know, because, you know, there's emergency spending when you go to war and well, defend it. Or if day. you have a pandemic. <sighs> yeah, well, you know, yeah. again... There has to be an emergency situation there, whether it's abused or not. Now, if we, the people, have our eye on the ball, again, this grassroots army that we're trying to build with Convention of States Action is key to that, and we see that going on, we will then have the ability to do the quick reaction force thing and get involved and say, no, 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 we're not going to allow you to do this. And that's what's been missing from our form of government for decades and decades is, they do stuff, and the people just sit there and go, well, what can we do about it? Well, and I hear that a lot. I'm going to do my yep. last profit margin break here really quick. For Oh, for heaven's cakes, when there's nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods. That's where Oh, for heaven's cakes comes in, the best cupcakes and cakes for special occasions, or just a treat. 
They make incredible specialty items by order, or you can just walk in and find out more while you're there. And if you happen to own a business, you can really be good to your employees by more than a paycheck. You can go to O for Heaven's Cakes on the north backside of Grand City's Mall, and you can order them some goodies, and you will be a hero of the workplace. And it's convenient. They're open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 4, and Saturdays from 9 to noon. Call 701-757-CAKE. That's 701-757-2253. Or go to O for Heaven's Cakes at yahoo.com. And you can be a beautiful cupcake in a world full of muffins. O for Heaven's Cakes in the Grand Cities Mall. And if you're looking for a job, they happen to be hiring. So, Dale, I have a question to ask you. Sure. You mentioned the fact that people can be recalled and stuff if they don't do what you like. But I have to tell you, I have very little faith in even our voting system we have right now. Mm-hmm. Because through my research, I found different ways of uh, getting the machines screwed up and everything else, if you wish. Now, how can we make sure that the delegates are the delegates that we want? And if we do need to recall them, how can we make sure that that's done fairly and not just a bunch of people that said, hey, we don't like that this person's not doing what we want to do, even though it's what the majority of the Convention of States said they should be doing. And so we're going to try to recall them. In other words, the nefariousness that can go on in the background. By being involved. Okay, because one thing that I have seen through all of this since I've been involved in this kit is this. Those people up there sitting in those chairs in the Senate and in the House of Representatives at the state level, they care what the people in their districts think because they all want to get reelected. Now, of course, we've got this term limits thing, which I'm, I'm not even going to get into with you today because that's a whole other topic. But, you know, those people do care what the people in their districts think. And, you know, one of the biggest things we have is when we show them how many people in their districts have signed our petition, whether it be a few hundred from, uh, uh, you know, real rural, you know, district out in the middle of the state that's uh, primarily agriculture, or it's a few thousand in one of the bigger, you know, population districts in Fargo or Grand Forks or wherever, Bismarck, they sit up and take notice of that. They care. What's an easy way to sign that petition without having to run somebody down? Is there is it on the website? Conventionestates.com. You can go right on there. The first thing that you, you, know, you can do is sign the petition, and then it's going to ask you a series of questions. If you're willing to accept email, if you're willing to accept text message, if you're willing to accept phone calls from... And and basically, the phone call you're going to get is, hey, thanks for signing the petition. We really appreciate that. Um, Are you interested in volunteering at all? And if the answer is no, well, okay, thanks. If you change your mind, give us a call. If the answer is yes, we're going to give you more information on how you can make that happen. Um, We have something for everybody. I mean, we've got a telepatriot mission thing where you basically just make phone calls. You're given... The, the topic, the, and, and you're given the phone numbers and the names of the people and, and what's being, you know, what the message is, what the mission is. You don't have to do anything except make the call, tell them the information, or, leave, you know, leave them a message on their voicemail. And that has been a very, very effective way of getting the word out about convention states or specific issues like rescission efforts, like, you know, other things to get the message out quickly. And people that help us do that have been making a huge difference in the in you know in the effort in we call it the fight you know well absolutely and and the thing is is i know when i explain to people and stuff and say hey just go out to the website and make your own decision which is something people don't hear very often anymore you know here's the information 
read and decide as opposed mm-hmm. to you will read this information and you will decide the way I want you and to. And watch the four public videos. They're so full of information and they will answer so many of your questions. Well, what I really appreciated about Convention of States was the transparency, uh, the ability to, to question and to, to look into what, what your, your thing is. Now, what, is there a timeline for when you think you might have 34 or 38 states? Is it increasing? Is it getting better? What's happening? Yes, we're seeing an exponential increase in the interest and in the, in the, in the ability for us to get not only our resolution introduced into state legislatures, but into getting it out of committee and into, you know, I mean, we're making exponential advances in getting this, you know, put through the, I mean, we're, we're up against some pretty tough, oh. some pretty tough, uh, how, how should I say this? Uh, BS. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, we're up against people that are being indoctrinated to believe things that aren't true. Like so much of what we see in, in our politics today, climate, you've got, yeah, you're, you're being fed so much information. It's it, Ronald Reagan famously said, it's not that they don't know anything. It's that so much of what they know is wrong, you know? And I'm not saying that's true of the left or the right. or It's all across the board. There's so much misinformation. Well, and the thing that I people look at me when they go, well, you're a Republican. No, I'm not. No. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm a conservative. Yeah. yeah. That's I, it. I'm, I'm not a Republican, and mm-hmm. I'm certainly not a Democrat. I'm, 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 not, I'm not anything. What I am is I'm a human being mm-hmm. that is rational and thinking who wants freedom in her life to mm-hmm. be left the hell alone to live yeah. my life without having to break out a pocket rule guide when I want to take a drink out of a water fountain or have somebody looking over my shoulder when I want to buy groceries. Well, my biggest concern, like so many people that are involved with convention estates, is it's not just, so, I mean, it's not, my lifetime isn't important. You know, I do, we do the work, the results are God's. But I look at my little granddaughters yes. and grandsons and I look at, you know, I look at my kids and I look at, you know, what's going to come after them. And I just see that we are, we are yoking them with a situation that basically they are slaves. They don't even, you know, the unborn are, are, by our deficit, unborn children are already enslaved to this debt. It's got to be. And this thing that just happened with all these politicians glad handing and clapping themselves in the back, what they did is basically push it down the road, remove the debt ceiling, refuse to accept the fact that we've got to start spending less. And you know what? It starts with, okay, if we just stopped spending money on people outside the United States and just started focusing on home, America first, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of pain that's going to come from that. But you know what? We cannot be financing the world. It just, American people cannot do that. We well, just... and, and here's the fun thing. Uh, they're, they've dis- just discovered that the, a lot of the armaments that we're sending to the Ukraine and stuff mm. are showing up with the cartels in Mexico. Yeah. They're showing up with the terrorists in Iraq and Iran. My, my husband... Uh, They're being sh- sold. In well, my, yes, exactly. And, and then they turn around and say they need more. Well, why do you need more? Because we're selling them to the cartel. We're selling them, yeah. and, and here's the thing. My, my husband uh, just spent a week in Poland. He was wrestling at the he World Wrestling... He made it oh, Well, okay. he's in Minneapolis right now. He's not quite <laughs> home yet. But, but here's the thing I want to I tell people. Bruce wrestled with and against a bunch of Ukrainian sure people who came over for the few days to wrestle, and they're heading back yeah, home. They're heading right back home. To which I put 
down and I said, must be a hell of a war. Yeah, if I was in Poland and somebody said, get on this plane and let's go back to Ukraine where bombs are falling, I'd be going, no, I'm good. I'll stay right here for now. Thanks. And, and when, I, when I bring that up to people, I'm like, you know, it's a real hell of a war when you can say, hey, I'm going to take off five days and go wrestle, go in, wrestle Poland, in Poland and I'll be, I'll be back. You, you keep my rifle, my U.S. rifle warm for me and I'll be right back to help yeah, you out. That's Get something. them Ruskies. People are freaking clueless to the gaslighting that's going on. And, well, and, and you know, it's just to me, the, 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 the real the thing that people should, should that should open their eyes is when, you know, someone does, you know, whoever it is, some big shot politician goes and makes a personal visit to one of these places for no real apparent reason and then comes home. And nothing was accomplished. Nothing was done. What do you think they're going there for? Well, nowadays, you can't transfer money without there being a trail unless you hand it to someone physically. So for me, that tells me someone's going to pick up their bribe. That's what it tells me. And they're politicians, so they don't have to go through customs like the rest of us little right. people do. They so that when they're saying, do you have any fruits or vegetables? Or do you happen to have a couple million dollars in cash? Yeah. Which they can do you just have a suitcase slide. with uh, five million in cash in it? Uh, no, I got ten suitcases with five million in cash in them. See, see, this is what this is what's frustrated me so much about everything today, and that I, I'm hoping that the convention of states can bring back not just some transparency, but some um, integrity and some some responsibility to being a politician. Right now, being a politician does not mean having responsibility. Ooh, we have some people calling. Yeah. We, Mitch, the people of the state Mitch. of North Dakota, yep, uh, need to take our government back. It's full of criminals, and those criminals <laughs> are protected by a corrupt legal system. I just love how Mitch just dices his words and do, you know doesn't well, really come right out and say what he means. Mitch has been on the show before. <laughs> he, he's he's, he's kind of like me. He's, 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 he's been known to hide his real yeah. feelings, but we need to get rid of most of the administration like the Department of Education, an absolute waste of money. See, and what we've what we've ended up with is we've we've broken down our government into so many small bureaucracies that our little fife our little fiefdoms money and you've got these little bureaucrats who are sitting in their little cubicles going I have the control now. Mm-hmm. And if you have anything that you want to talk to them about, well, it's at their... Le- we have created a bunch of little mini lords and dukes and duchesses and and sheriffs of Nottingham's. We're right back in those times. Well, again, the first mission we have is to build this grassroots army up. We need more people to be involved in North Dakota. We need a bigger bunch of people so that when they start doing crap up in Bismarck we don't mm-hmm. like, we can stand up, we can call them, we can text them, we can email them, we can let them know, hey, we don't like that because that works. That works. Is, it changes their minds. Is there a small like convention of states besides you and your other representative that, that works just in North Dakota, or is, is, is everything that you're doing based kind of nationally? No. We are, myself and Lynn are North Dakota, and, and people who live in the eastern part of the state, it is me. I am the, I'm the leader of convention states in the eastern part of North Dakota, and she's the, you know, the figurehead out there, and, and we are, yeah, and we are focused on North Dakota. Now, if they go out to Convention of States to the website, can they get the North Dakota information so they can contact you? Well, no, not necessarily, but um, they can through, well, once they sign the petition, they go into our citizen builder 
database, basically. Okay. And again, they'll get that thank you phone call or text or whatever they opt to get, email, whatever. And uh, if they decide that they want to do more, become a volunteer activist or a district captain or whatever, then that'll get filtered down to me. And then I'll reach out to them. Silly question, but is there an age limit or something? Because we have a lot of parents out there who have decided, screw the education system in their homeschooling. Is this something that, that somebody that's in high school or something can get involved well, with? Well, if they're, if, they're, if, they're you know, if they're not adults, of course, we would, we would want them to be involved with their parents. Correct. Um, and, and become involved that way. Uh, we don't necessarily, you know... Uh, they can't enter into any kind of a contract, you know, contract or agreement or anything. They can't that. sign the they can't sign the petition. Um, they could sign the petition, but it wouldn't be valid because they're not eighteen. They're not a voting age. Okay. okay? When you have an and the, the thing about our our petition, it's not you're just not just signing a piece of paper that then doesn't do anything. When you sign our petition, it goes straight to your district legislators. It lets them know I am your constituent and I want to see this happen. Okay, that's what it does when you sign our petition. It lets your people that are you know, elected in your district know that you support this and that you want to see it happen. Now, again, Convention States Action is only going to do one thing. We're going to try to bring this to the table for discussion. That's all our mission is, is to call the convention. Get the 34 states ratified so that we can call the convention. The convention then has to make the recommendations. They have to hash out what needs to be done. And, and Mark Levin's Liberty Amendments is a really good roadmap to start with. So we've got a really solid foundation to begin with. And they can start hashing it out and saying, well, you know, we need to fix this. How do we do that? And then if it's a constitutional amendment, because see, the Founding Fathers always intended for the Constitution to be amended, to be changed, to keep up with, you know, current. They always knew technology and everything was going to change. And that we would have to do things with the Constitution. But the only way that's been done up to this point is Congress, you know, deciding what needs Mm -hmm. to be done and what doesn't need to be done. And again, that's part of the problem because we've got a bunch of constitutional amendments that that basically just give more and more and more and more power to the federal government. When it's just like what this is the analogy I use, the states are the parent. We created the federal government. The states were the parent. The federal government was the offspring or the child. And right now, we've got a child that is insolent, that is out of control, and that is not listening to anything it's being told to do or asked to do for the good of the parent. And that's our problem right now is that they're just doing whatever they're doing, and they don't really care about the constituents. And you've got to ask yourself why. Well, again... Because the bureaucrats are running the show and the people being elected aren't that really that important to them. So us people who elect those people aren't that important to them anymore. Well, that's become very, very apparent. Yeah. And um, because whenever I try to talk to somebody, it, uh, they oftentimes talk, I will quite be frank, they talk down to me like yeah. they know what's best. Yeah. And aren't I just so aren't cute? Aren't you just so precious yeah, and yeah, your little yeah. ideas? Yeah. 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 You can imagine how well that goes down with me. <laughs> But listen, Dale, I'm, I want to I wanna keep in touch with you. Before yeah. we go, I would like you to give out that website one more time, please. Okay, it's conventionofstates.com. Or you can just Google C-O-S, the letter C, capital C, capital O, capital S, action, A-C-T-I-O-N, and it'll bring it up. Um, also, 
Uh, they can get a hold of me at dale.burke, B-U-R-K-E, at cosaction.com. Perfect. Well, the one thing I want to tell everybody is I want to make sure that you go out and do your own research. That is, you're the best person that, that drives your ship, folks. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I would like for you to at least open up your mind and to go do some research because I think this, in my, in my personal opinion, is our Hail Mary pass before uh, the crap hits the fan and we end up going someplace we really don't want to go. It's our last bloodless opportunity. Thank you, because I was trying to tiptoe around that, and you did it way better than I did, because I didn't want to go there, but that's perfect. You're exactly right. Before before we praise God and pass the ammunition, let's try this first. Mm -hmm. Everybody, God bless America. Let's keep her rolling, and have a wonderful rest of your day. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.